Welcome to the Directing Animation Livecast with Scott Weiser. In my many years as an animator and director, my most defining projects have been my short film, Layers, along with Vanishing Ink and Cirque de Solitude, two books which I wrote, illustrated, and pitched at several studios as feature films. And I have more of these feature film pitches coming soon. Today, we have Daniel Harbin on the show. He's somebody that I've been a fan of for years, even though I didn't realize it. Um, years and years and years ago, I saw an Aura Brush commercial. Aura Brush is a little tool you use to scrape your tongue. It's a product I still use today. And when I first saw that commercial, I was just amazed at the storytelling, the marketing. It felt very vibrant, and yet it felt like it didn't have a huge budget, and it was still very, very effective. And I obviously bought the product. Years later, as I was building a, a crowdfunding marketing team for video and page design, I found out about the Harmon Brothers. And all that they were doing with uh, commercials such as the Squatty Potty commercial, the Poopery commercial, the Purple Matches commercial, the ClickFunnels commercial, the list goes on and on and on. And then I was surprised to discover they also were part of creating the world's largest nativity with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and several YouTubers. And I just thought, wow, what a, what a crazy mix of people. Then they come out with The Chosen. Uh, Angel Studios is uh, Daniel Harmon's producing partner for his project, The Tuttle Twins. And I think it's going to be as big as The Chosen. I hope it is, because it, it looks like a wonderful series. It's already raised $2 million in crowdfunding, making internet history. And I'm just thrilled to be able to talk to Daniel Harmon about storytelling, about marketing, and about how independent creators can be successful in today's day and age. We need more types of stories being told in, in our world, not just the type that Hollywood are telling. So welcome, Daniel. Is there anything that you'd like to add? Well, thank you, first off, for having me on. Just a couple of clarifications. We've actually, we actually raised $3.7 for Tuttle Twins what? across two different <laughs> rounds. Yeah, so $3.7 wow. And then Angel Studios is our distribution partner, not our uh, production partner. A little bit of clarification there. Yes, yeah, super happy to be on. Yeah, yeah. When people do mix up production and distribution and that sort of thing all the time, I even get mm -hmm. asked when I produce a film and I, I want to be a director. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's my role. That's that's a great clarification there. Wow, the three point seven. I didn't was it, so was it one million the first time or one point seven yeah, the it first was, time and then two? Yeah, it was one one million seventy thousand, which was the limit that was allowed at that time for crowdfunding in the manner that we were doing it. Okay, and that was back. That was in fall of twenty twenty. And then the limit changed. There was a regulation change with um, the Security and Exchange Commission, SEC, whatever. I think that's what it stands for. But there's a regulation change to allow it up to $5 million, And we didn't need $5 million to produce the whole season. We just needed another $2.7 million. And so we went ahead and raised that this, this spring. And, yeah, we were able to raise the, the full amount. So for a total of $3.7 and And it set the, it set the record at the time for being the largest – crowdfunded TV show for kids in world history. And yeah. it was quickly bro broken about a month later by Wing Feather Saga, which is also an Angel Studios, yeah. Yeah. An Angel Studios production. And uh, they, they raised the full $5 million, uh, for their first season. So congratulations to them. It's awesome. Yeah, congrats. Congrats. Yeah. So my son, I don't think he realized why I was watching the Wing Feather Saga campaign. I was going through the videos and watching them in preparation for this. And he's like, what if you could get the people who are doing Wing Feather Saga, like you could get in touch with them. <laughs> Do you think they could help you? <laughs> I was like, well, I have him coming on my show. I don't know about the rest of that, but at least he's coming on my show tomorrow. 
you know, it's it's cool that that these kids are are really inspired by what's going on too. And yeah, yeah that's that's a very inspiring. I've known about that project for many many years, oh, and cool. it's cool to seeing it finally come to light. Yeah, they did the Kickstarter first, right? And they had the success yeah. with that. And they were mm -hmm. able to make their pilot, their proof of concept, and then they were able to use that um, along with the marketing campaign that we developed mm -hmm. with them and in order to push and go ahead and raise from the crowd of investors yeah. $5 million. So it's awesome. Well, and the storytelling in that is just fantastic, you know, and the look mm -hmm. of it is great. And yeah. You know, something I love about it is you have this intact functional family, which is very different from what the formula is in the industry. And at the same time, it's very still very compelling. There's still plenty of drama. There's still plenty of things to to enjoy and learn from and watch. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, they've got a cool thing going on. Yeah. I mean, all of your projects do. They're very it's like the whole Hollywood industry is zigging and you guys are zagging. You know, <laughs> that's inspiring to see. How do yeah, you, it, how do you, go oh, yeah, go ahead. Comment on that. No, no, you, you well, you were just going to say that everything's kind of zigging where it's zagging. So Angel Studios as our partner in distribution, yeah. that is a lot of what's happening in the way of disruption in the, in the past that you had a handful of studio executives, sometimes just one or two that were mm -hmm. making a call on whether or not to produce certain kinds of content. And yeah. if they didn't, if they didn't get it, then it didn't really go anywhere. Right. If it's like, well, this isn't for me or, you know, I, I don't think this is for my family or whatever it is. That's kind of the old model, right? Just a few yeah. people making, making a decision for a whole lot of other people. Angel studios is very disruptive and their funding platform allows for a creator to have a proof of concept like we did with Tuttle Twins, where you can have, or like the Wingfeather Saga did with their pilot episode and show that to an audience, get them excited, get them bought into your vision of what you're creating and have them invest in the project and not just invest in the sense of donate money like on Kickstarter where you get just a t-shirt or, or whatever it is. This is actual yeah, yeah. investment where if the show succeeds, then you succeed, meaning there could actually be a return on investment um, as the show succeeds. And so it allows for the crowd and for um, markets to decide what content is getting made. And that's really yeah. exciting because Tuttle Twins and Wingfeather Saga are both probably projects that Hollywood just wouldn't have ever picked up, right? A, a yeah, show yeah. that teaches kids principles of freedom, like that's not something that's at the top of their minds and they wouldn't have gone and done that, but we were able to fund a full season through that model and show not only like had the had the book sales been a tremendous success, right? Because they've sold over two yeah. million copies across this book series. So there's right. obviously already an audience for that, but then they want to see that turned into entertainment for their kids. And and the audience is ever able to essentially be able to be the film producers, right? They're the film executives that are making this this decision is being proven out by a much larger group than just a, a few people being like, yes, no, yes, no. You know, that's kind of an old model. And that's that's kind of that's kind of the disruption that Angel Studios is doing, which is really cool. Yeah, it's so inspiring. And I, I also watched the, the campaign for Angel Studios as well and just thoroughly enjoyed that. Is it Matt Neese? Is that the actor? Yeah, yeah, Matt yes. Yeah, yeah for, he, for, he was for several different release. executives. Yes, formerly of Studio C, um, now with JK Studios. Yeah, he's a 
he's he's a tremendous talent and he's Scott Sterling. Really, <laughs> he's Scott Sterling. We had a really great yeah. you know writing team on that one that that put that together and the, and directed it and everything and and uh, came together really well and they were able to raise five million dollars for Angel Studios in in less than a week. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's the thing I loved about the Harmon Brothers brand is that the writing team, that's the invisible ink. That's the stuff that people don't realize. They think, oh, this is Matt. He's so funny, right? Oh, he sold a thing. Right. You know, just get on screen and be funny. Yeah. You'll sell it, sell the thing. Right. And that's not what it's all, all about. All, the, all those statements are true. Matt is so funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yes, yeah. There's a lot of there is a lot of writing that goes into that, a lot of strategy, a lot of a lot of planning, a, a lot of sales psychology that really um, helps drive that message home with the clarity that's needed for the customer to really buy into that vision. Yeah. And it does sound like you guys are the perfect fit for doing this kind of thing where I've been part of three Kickstarters of my own and then more than 50 projects that I helped when I was with that um, crowdfunding company. And kind of the saying was that books and films just don't do well in crowdfunding. <laughs> And, and I'm like, but I, I believe it's possible, you know? And then I see what the, the Harmon brothers do and what you have done with Tuttle Twins and what the other Angel Studios projects have done. And it's totally possible. You just have to really understand sales psychology, good storytelling, comedy in a way. You have to be in touch with your audience, it sounds like, too. Yes, very much. I'd, I'd say that's the first and foremost, is that you you need to be creating a product that is serving an underserved audience. So in the case of The Chosen, Harmon Brothers did not produce The Chosen, um, just uh, just to be clear on yeah. that. That's not, that's um, Dallas Jenkins. He's the creator. They're the distribution. It's exactly. uh, and Angel Studios is the distribution on it. We did help with their crowdfunding for their original, that first season. Um, we were uh, doing the marketing strategy and ad buying behind that. But they're, they're the ones that are producing it. But The Chosen is the first multi-season TV show ever about the life of Jesus, and more from the perspective of his followers, the the people the sinners, who knew him, yeah. and the, the, and the humans that knew him, and it's a very unique perspective in that way, and it's really serving an underserved audience. Again, another production that Hollywood probably never would have touched. I for, for sure never right. would have um, wanted to get behind, but the crowd showed that there was a high demand for it, and we've seen that since with the chosen. It's very been very public about its numbers, right? They've released. The first season and now they're through episode five of season two and they did over 30 million dollars last year in revenue yeah. from the chosen so it's there's demand out there for it but again an underserved audience um yeah. that they are really taking care of with this series and that's the same thing that's happening with the tuttle twins is taking that book series and translating those principles into um, a really fun tv show that kids hopefully will want to watch. They'll choose to watch it over their yeah. options on over their options on Netflix, YouTube, or you know, TikTok or or whatever it is. <laughs> um, or just Disney Plus. There's been tremendous audience demand that we've seen for that of, of something that can teach these principles that aren't really taught very much more in schools or in culture. And parents mm -hmm. really want tools to kind of pass those those values and those principles down to their kids about things like free markets. And, you know, the golden rule and um, yeah. just principles of freedom in general. Yeah, which is fantastic. <laughs> and the cool thing about The Chosen, and I, I, I think The Chosen was like the, the series that I didn't realize I needed. That makes sense. Like, it, no, it, for sure. 
Same for me. We, we were watching a series. I won't say what the name of the series is because there's a lot of artistic merit in this series, but we were watching one on a big streaming platform. And I mean, three, four episodes in, I had to just turn it off. I just couldn't, I couldn't stomach the whole thing. As much as I was compelled by the drama and, and some other things in it, I was just like, I can't watch this anymore. And then that's when we watched The Chosen and I'm crying every episode, you know, tears streaming down my face. And I turned to my wife and I said, I don't want to watch any other series ever again if it's not like this, you know? <laughs> and I'm sure that I'm not the only one who walks around telling all their friends about it. Oh, you well, have to see The Chosen. The Total Twins is not like that, Scott. So I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, no, I did, cry, I did cry during the first episode, oh, but it good, was because good. I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that's no exaggeration. I really, I won't say which joke it was, but because uh, <laughs> people can go watch it for themselves. I don't want to spoil it, but there's a joke in there. Yeah, I was laughing so hard, I, I probably teared up. <laughs> so, good. yeah, it was pretty fantastic. And I think there's, there's one thing you talked about that I don't really want to brush over. A comment first and then the question. So the yeah. comment is, it seems that The Chosen, there was a team that was passionate about making it happening, and then yeah. you partnered, okay? Yeah. How do you, as Angel Studios, choose a partner that you think, okay, an underserved audience is going to resonate with this, we believe in it, we're going to help crowdfund this thing and distribute this thing? So that's a question more for my brother, Jeff. For Neil and Jeffrey. Okay. Yeah, for Neil and Jeff. Jeffrey's... Um, uh, head of content at Angel Studios. And so he would be better able to answer that. I know, and, and Jeffrey is also an executive producer on Tuttle Twins, the actually the first investor in the project. <laughs> and so I, I think we, if I were to answer it from my perspective, I would imagine his would be similar, is that we follow very much the principles in the book, The User Method. If you've heard of that, it's basically the idea that some of the greatest products in the world and some of the coolest businesses that have been started have been started by entrepreneurs who are just trying to solve a problem for themselves. Uh, one of the examples that uses in there was even Facebook, that Mark was trying to mm -hmm. create a way to connect with people there in his school. And uh, another one is, um, what are some of the other ones? Oh, the, even like Apple computer, right? They were trying mm -hmm. to create a computer that worked better than the way that they'd seen these other giant monstrous computers that would that that worked better for like the average user right that had a yeah. little bit more visual element to it that's kind of what Steve Jobs and and, and Wozniak were kind of going after in doing yeah, that yeah quite frankly vidangel um so when yeah vidangel is totally vidangel yeah, yeah so um I, I'm a co-founder of vidangel uh, Neil and Jeffrey um, obviously were as well and um, were much more they were much more the ones that built that but in the beginning we were trying to create a product that served us in being able to stream content that we like to watch great stories that we wanted to see but that we weren't necessarily either comfortable seeing ourselves or for sure not comfortable showing our kids right so you know swearing uh, nudity beheadings whatever it was in it that you could skip or mute those elements of it and um, it ended up being that that was representative of a much larger audience of people that yeah. really wanted the same thing. It was the same thing for Apple, obviously the same thing for Facebook. When we approach content for me with Tuttle Twins, I'm making the show that I want 
as a dad. Yeah. I got seven, I got seven kids, six still with us. We're trying to educate them on these principles of freedom. This is what I would have wanted as a kid to learn the principles of freedom by. I think it's the same thing for Jeffrey, that that's kind of what he said is like, man, I really want this to exist. And we know in that we're going to be representative of a lot of people out there that are kind of like us. I don't know how large that number is. We're getting a bigger, a better sense of it in the fact that like over 2 million copies of these books have been sold. I think it's might even be getting closer to 3 million now. So, so there's a large audience that, that thinks similarly mm-hmm. along these lines. And I think that's a good starting point. I think Dallas, the director and creator of, of The Chosen, is doing the same thing. I think he's making a, a show. He's making a... Um, yeah, he's making the the TV show he would have liked to have seen. Yeah, and and then that ends up being something that a lot more people can relate to. And I think it it doesn't necessarily mean that you chase after that and only do this is exactly what I want. And so I'm never going to listen to anything that anybody else wants. Yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it means that. I think you do adjust and listen to the input along the way as you get more per perspectives. But I think it's a really good starting point for tackling a, a problem or, or putting out something, putting out content out there that is more likely to succeed is just got to start from, from what you like. And I think that's the best, yeah. that's the best springboard. And I like your clarification there because there are some times where it's like, because I like it, I think everybody else would like it, but it's really obscure, right? It's like right. some modern dance abstract sculpture thing, right? <laughs> and I love modern right. dance and abstract sculpture. So I'm going to make that and the whole world's going to love that. Well, you might be limiting your audience with that that choice. So yeah, there is a little bit of a feedback, but yeah. And as you were talking, yeah. I thought of Pixar. Um, Pixar is the same thing. They were tired of seeing what Disney did or what the formula that Disney was playing. And so they're like, let's let's zag to that. There's a gig, let's zag. And my, my own musical project that I've shared a little bit with you and I will soon share more with the audience. Yeah, that was one where I've seen a lot of complaints that, you know, all these musical, well, they, they some people want more musical projects, and then when the musical projects, animated musical projects come out, they're often pop music. And they don't contain that variety that you get when you go and see a Broadway show like Ragtime or you know the, the more classic shows that are just so fantastic and lush in their music. And right. so, uh, yeah, it's cool. I, I got to learn from you. Thank you. <laughs> it, it, it's finding that Venn diagram, right? It's like, yeah. what, what, here, here's the one circle. What is, what is Scott like? Right. Mm -hmm. And then what does the world want to see? And it might not overlap a hundred percent, but it's finding that space where it's both something you're passionate about and you love. And then it's also kind of what other people like as well. You know, it's that in between there that you can find that that sweet spot, but you do have to start. I think you have to start from a place uh, where you are authentically passionate about it. Um, And I think that's going to be, that's going to be the best starting point for chasing something that has the potential for success. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. I, and, highly, recommend and, I highly recommend reading the user method. It's, it's oh more yeah, I'll be reading it. entrepreneurial book or, yeah. or like uh, almost like, I don't know, tech is the right way to put it. But I think, I think any creator, uh, yeah. whether that's in film or animation or in entrepreneurship or business or whatever it is, Oh yeah, that's the book I'm reading next for sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> Absolutely, and I am an entrepreneur, so it's a good fit. Very <laughs> I deal good. with. Uh, I actually work in a startup space with a bunch of entrepreneurs, and you know, people often say to me, "Why don't you work with artists? Like, wouldn't you want to be in this?" Because there's a space down the street that's a bunch of artists. Yeah. But there's something I get with entrepreneurs that I 
I can't quite get with, with artists and uh, I've worked with artists and I still work with artists all the time. So yeah, I, I love that. It's beautiful. <sighs> okay. Tell us more about your project. Let's, let's actually go and we've been talking kind of theory and VidAngel yeah. and Angel Studios and, um, oh, I, I did want to mention, Okay. was the pay it forward model. Oh yes. Uh huh. That is so counterintuitive <laughs> that when I came to consult on Tuttle Twins there down at your office, I thought, how does this work? And you explained it to me. And then I thought, how does this work? <laughs> you know? And then I get on the, the chosen app and I'm like, how does this work? <laughs> <laughs> that explains the blank face you had when we were talking about it. <laughs> You're like, I think I get it, but I don't think I get it. <laughs> uh, my, my thought was, it's the Harmon Brothers. I know you guys know what you're doing. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> well, we don't so, always know what we're doing, but I think we know how to experiment and try stuff you out. You know how to iterate, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know how I mean, to, that, to and, and, create something, test it, create it better, test it, create it better, test it. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. that's kind of the process that, that The Chosen went through. So this was in finding a good distribution model for The Chosen. They had experimented with other types of things where I think um, people would either pay up front for the content in some way, um, either like a subscription service or um, a video on demand kind of model. And I think it was my brother, Jeffrey. I'm not 100% certain about that. Um, it might've been my brother, Neil. It might've been a combination of the two that kind of came up with this idea of what if we allowed people to pay for other people to watch the show on, on kind of <laughs> so, uh, on kind of a um, like the goodness of their hearts. And there, there are actually case studies and, and um, things that have been done about this that are rather inspiring where you'll have a chain that started in a um, drive through of like a fast food restaurant where mm -hmm. the, the car in front pays for the car in back. And then the person then was like, oh, my meal was paid for me. You know, I'm going to pay for the guy behind me. And then so on, and that happens, and it goes on for not just a little while, but in some cases, hours. Like where <laughs> someone, at, someone at Starbucks will go get their coffee, and then um, it, that chain will go unbroken of the paying for the next person and the next person for a long time of just the humans want to give. We want the reward that, that comes with giving. You feel good when you do something good for somebody else, right? And yeah. hasn't hasn't figured that out in life is in in a whole um a sad place, I, I believe. But um that like in, everything's not all about us. There we have other humans around us that we need to take care of. And, and especially as you do that voluntarily, that's tremendously rewarding. And so yeah. at some point they started testing this model of allowing people to watch the show for free, anyone. To download the app, you can get the you can get the chosen app um, on you know uh, uh, Google Play or or the App Store, and you can watch the episodes for free. And then yeah. a certain percentage of the people that watch for free will then go ahead and pay it forward as well. So it's being paid for when when you watch the show. It actually says this is being paid for by Daniel in Utah. You know, and they've they've paid it forward for you. And then you, there's an invitation for you to do that as well. You don't have to. There's no obligation to do it. But if that um, makes you feel good, you can do that. And there are hundreds of thousands of people that have paid it forward on this um, to the tune of funding the entire second season. And I think they're almost all the way through fun, funding half of season three. Yeah, half of season three. Uh, yeah. 
on these pay it forwards. So the pay it forward not only pays for the stream that is for free to the rest of the audience, but it also includes a portion of it budgeted towards future production. And and you know that people are okay with that because it says, oh, you know, pay in, I think it's like $15 and it, and it pays for 10 10 episodes to be streamed for free for other people. And you know that that's, yeah. that's the exchange that you're getting. And some people do it by the hundreds or even the thousands. And 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 it's really inspiring to see how this how this model has worked. And, and it's when people bene- believe passionately enough in the project that they'll want to share that message. They'll want other yeah. people to be able to see it. And, uh, yeah. and so Tuttle, Tuttle Twins will be following a very similar model where it will be, you can download the app for free and you can watch the episodes for free and you'll have the opportunity to pay it forward for others to do the same. Obviously we'll be selling things like merchandising and that will be a revenue source for us as well for future production. That will be part of it. And so the chosen, how they, how they landed on it being kind of their thing is actually interesting because that came about in the pandemic. So when everything shut down and everybody went into quarantine and locked down, then VidAngel at the time, it wasn't Angel Studios yet, it was right, VidAngel yeah. at the time, decided to make the service free for, for everybody to do the same with the chosen of just like, we're just going to make this free, entirely free. No longer are we going to charge charge anybody. It wasn't, they'd been experimenting with it before, but they just decided to open up, let's just try this for a time for the two weeks or three weeks or whatever it was going to be That's that awesome. everyone was in, lock, in lockdown. But then... The day after they did that, or it was like two days afterward, they noticed that the revenue numbers were up by more than double by going to this model. Hmm. And then they're like, could this be a permanent thing? And then they decided to make it a permanent thing. And it's been tremendously successful for them. So it's really, it's really cool to see because it has an element of altruism in it, you know. Yeah. And, but it's also, it's not a, you know, the chosen isn't a nonprofit. Angel Studios isn't a nonprofit. These no. are for-profit companies. <laughs> yeah. But absolutely. still, people want believe that much in the mission of what they're trying to accomplish that they're willing to pay for it on it. It's really, it's really pretty awesome to see. Wow. And an insight I I had as I was listening to you was, you know, I'm remembering Saturday morning cartoons and, you know, I get a commercial for Gatorade and I get a commercial for this toy and I get a commercial for that thing. And it's like, it's this really roundabout way of funding projects that it sounds like you just removed that barrier. And now it's like, no, we're actually focusing on the project and we're doing it in an altruistic way. Yeah. I even thought of Jazzercise or, or Buns of Steel or something. Sometimes like <laughs> later on in the later on in Saturday, you start getting these weird advertisements. You're like, yeah, wait a minute. What is that, mom? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a very different model than having the advertisers pay for the content. Yeah, it's actually the the users, the people, the you know, your super fans that are doing it. Yeah. And if anybody's about, you know, preserving the planet. No product has to be created in the process. You know, it's like, it's not like we're flooding the world with products unless it's the yeah. merchandise for Tuttle Twins, but it's okay. Buy it anyway, if your kids want it. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, yeah. it is also about content. It's about making a positive difference. And I, yeah. I think we, maybe we were talking about this before the show. It almost felt like we were starting the interview, <laughs> but uh, you did talk about, even though the Aura Brush and Squatty Potty and Poopery, they're all bodily function stuff. And, you know, it, it seems kind of opposite of like the chosen and, you know, the nativity, your purpose in in both of those were just to create a positive impact with the stuff you're creating and squatty potty poopery, you know, the purple mattress, it all creates a positive impact. It's, I, 
I don't know of any of those products that I haven't heard people just rave about, about how much of a difference it makes for them. That's, that's yeah, really I'm, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in addition to show running and, and directing in Tuttle Twins, um, I'm chief creative officer at Harmon Brothers. And, yeah. and our why at Harmon Brothers is to share better stories. One of the ways that we do mm-hmm. that is through marketing campaigns, through ad campaigns. And we, we, we take on projects, we take on uh, clients and partner with them when we believe in what they're doing than when we have yeah. some um, passion for it actually helping people out right that's the case for squatty potty with colon health it's the case for poopery with <laughs> making making life a little bit more bearable and in in more pleasant smell of, <laughs> yeah, yeah more, more pleasant um in a better night's sleep a healthier night's sleep with purple um in the in the case of uh, camp chef of making <clears throat> making your food uh, more tasty helping you level up your cooking and making that more enjoyable or the case of click funnels of being able to sell a product for your business or in um, Lumi and being able to, you know, oh, so you are behind Lumi. smells. Yes. Yes. I was going to ask about that. The, the musical commercial, one yeah. of the background dancers, she's the voice in the, the unsinkable song I showed you. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a tie together. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. You know, I, we're all, we're both in Utah too. So that, that kind of yeah. makes the talent pool overlap a bit, but and something I want to point out as well, it's very interesting about these marketing campaigns is it's not just one video. Like something that you told me before this is I saw the first Aura Brish video and that's the only one I personally saw. Yeah. But you're talking, actually, maybe I did see the tongue guy. I think I actually did see the tongue. You guy. probably did at some point. Yeah. Who's yeah. quite a bit, but yeah. Well, Wild Aura Brish. But you had a hundred more videos you made, right? Oh yeah. We made over a hundred, a hundred, a hundred videos. We were releasing <laughs> them on the weekly. There with Aura yeah. Brush at that time. That's where I um, honed a lot of my uh, creator skills um, and, yeah. and started to kind of wrap my head around the idea of directing and that kind of thing. And then it's, it's the same thing. Like there's a lot of content needed for um, these campaigns. In the case of Lumi, I mean, gosh, I think we've we've created probably over a dozen individual ads for them, but that then have you know, multiples and multiples of different variations of that ad itself that's been all over the place. Because, they, I mean, they have multiple, multiple, multiple millions of views um, across mm-hmm. uh, across the, the campaigns that we've done for them and um, have really been able to grow that company, you know, to make a multi-million dollar uh, business yeah. and through their their marketing techniques I and mean, they've done a fantastic job on top of making a really a really great product. But yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of video creation. <laughs> yeah. And even when I see the ad on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, it doesn't feel clickbaity in the way a lot of marketing feels to me. And part of that probably is that you have a passion for the project. You believe in the product. You believe you're telling better stories. You're making the world a better place. Is there anything else that, that you think contributes to that? Or Yeah, I think great storytelling and great branding are very similar. Yeah. And in that they both kind of play to the long-term game and great branding. If you're always saying, buy now, do this. If it's all infomercially the whole time, I think uh, that turns off um, a Mm -hmm. lot of your, your potential audience. And if you, but what I like is that a lot of people say, oh, I really love the squatty potty ad. I really love your purple ad. Those kinds of things they never have They've never purchased a purple because of whatever yeah. reason. They've never bought, they don't use a squatty potty, but they have a positive association with that storytelling element of it. And yeah. that's part of the job of branding because the time might come when they need a new mattress or they say to themselves, oh, I am actually having some, you know, 
digestive issues or whatever it is. And I now do need, need, a, need a squatty potty. And that's more the long-term game with it. And so, yes, we try not to be spammy and clickbaity. We try to balance the, the direct sales element of marketing, of getting people to run their credit card and converting them into customers after introduced to the brand for the first time with the need to build a positive emotional resonance and association with the brand in the long term in the event that they don't buy or even if they do that we that's 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 something that's very important to us i mean i mean that's essentially what we pioneered at harman brothers is is mixing the worlds of traditional branding when you think of things like you know nike apple uh, ford red bull those kinds of brands that are uh, very much just kind of upping the cool factor and kind of getting their message out with um with yeah with a feeling more than anything with the likes of things like ShamWow and Slapchop and, and Snuggy and those types that are more like infomercial based. We've kind of mixed those two worlds together. And it what, is a mix. Makes, yeah. Yeah. That's what's great. what's what's really interesting about that in 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 general storytelling is that's really helped me in my vision and informs the way we approach Tuttle Twins as a series. Yeah. Um, in that it has to educate on the principles, right? It has to be able to teach about something like the golden rule very clearly. And we start with that message that that has to come through. So if I, if I think of that in terms of the clarity of the sale, if I was yeah. liking that back to marketing, that's kind of what that is for me. But then it also needs to entertain and it needs to be, it needs to be a fun adventure and have relatable characters and have those emotional elements to it. And that I think of kind of more like the branding, like those two worlds kind of come together. And we, we try not to, as we approach the different episodes, we try not to shoehorn in the principles into something, into a story that we feel like is really fun. We, instead we try to start with the principles and say, what would be a really great story to communicate those? Yeah, so the one, the one, the one comes from the other instead of the other way around. That's kind mm. of the way that we're approaching the series. Is that it needs, it needs. We, we say, well, okay, what's the end objective of this episode? What's it? What's it talking about? Okay, so this episode is talking about free trade. Okay, mm. okay, so when we're talking about free trade and the advantages of that, and how across cultures and religions and and races and and um, different nations can come together and both mutually benefit from trading with each other freely, even with all their differences and how that makes everybody richer, more, more wealthy, more prosperous and creates better, cooler stuff for us. How, how do we communicate that in a way that is where the story naturally flows out of it rather than trying to be like, Oh, here's a really fun story. Okay. Now what principle can we plug into this? We're, we're not <laughs> about it from that direction. Yeah. And there's a certain movie that came out last year that that was my friend's critique of it. Is like it looks like they're trying to do put all this fun stuff together and then throw the theme on top of it, and mm. you know the, this principles first approach sounds much stronger to me that you're that you're describing, and and at the risk of me blushing, I wanted to add a point to you said something that sparked in me about the commercials, where you said that people who haven't ever purchased the purple mattress or whatever product will still say they love the commercial, and I'd like to even add another little spoke out there in this brainstorming session <laughs> of the possibilities of great marketing and tell a story that's probably going to make me blush. But <laughs> I had a rough month one month <laughs> in, in a personal area of my life <laughs> and I'd seen the Squatty Potty commercial and 
even without purchasing a squatty potty, I was able to have a better month that month, you know? <laughs> and or maybe it was did a better use, day or week. Did you use books? <laughs> so, <laughs> something box, similar. An, up, an upside down garbage can. There's all sorts of ways to do this. <laughs> that, that is TMI, Daniel Harmon. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> I use something. And that, you makes know, me, that, that makes me super happy. <laughs> well, it's because you you applied you could tell that you fulfilled your mission of telling better stories because even though, you know, we'd love to sell this product and we'd love to get more clients who want us to sell their products. You have those motivations, but even then you created something that people can use, even if they're in deep South Africa and they don't have a way to, to pay for the squatty potty, you know? And uh, I love that. That's that's actually very beautiful. <laughs> and that's why we tell stories, right? At least yeah. at least you and I know we tell stories to make the world a better place and yeah. at least somewhat. Yeah, I feel like this um this episode is about directing. I don't know how much we've actually talked about that. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> is there anything uh, I know that we maybe are running a little bit shorter on time, but yeah. do you want to redirect it back to that? Or I, I don't know. This is your podcast. You, you tell me. I think we've talked about directing for sure. Okay. Okay. Good. I thought we've, I think we've talked about at least to me, the most, the yes, most essential kind of, principles of yeah, directing. That foundation, and, right? Yeah. The foundation. And, and, and actually this leads perfectly into the last question I always ask. It's the get wiser moment. It's for me to get wiser so that somebody will then get wiser and hire me <laughs> to work on a project, right? And that question is, if my goal is to put the greatest clarity of truth into a story, yeah. what approach would you recommend? Greatest clarity of truth. Well, I think it needs to be first and foremost something that you believe in. Yeah. That's our starting point here at Harmon Brothers when we partner up with a, a client is it needs to be something that we believe mm-hmm. in or passionate about. So I'd start there. And then I think what we talked about earlier is very essential in that you start with that truth in your story as the backbone mm-hmm. and then have the story and the characters and the adventure and the fun and whatever it is flow out of that yeah. rather than trying to uh, square Force peg a vision around, on. around hole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that is... That is the place um, to go. But I often say around here, nothing sells better than the truth. And people can, people are very wise. They can, they understand when you really believe in something, when you're passionate about it, that comes through in your creation. And if you have that authentic belief in it, then I think you're going to create from a much um, more powerful place in your storytelling than, than if you don't. But it has to be something that, you know, it's just, it's just you. It's just it's part of you. It's part of your core beliefs, your your principles to start with. Yeah, and here's a follow up question, and this will be my directing question. Okay, okay. <laughs> since you're at the beginning of directing the Tuttle Twins, yeah, uh, or the beginning end of it. <laughs> yeah. What is what is your plan to make sure you keep sight of that passion and that vision and that truth that you are working to put out into the world? Yeah, so a couple portions of our plan is that co-executive producer on the project is Connor Boyack, who is the author. Mm. of the books. Yes. And so he's very, very passionate about the principles. Um, I, I am as well. I mean, he's, he, is, he even gets a more um, than me, but he is, he comes in on the writer's room and helps us shape the principles to make sure we're teaching in a clear way and that we're teaching in a true way um, so that those are carrying through. So that's one of them is, is his involvement in the project. Another one is to make sure 
that we're getting the clarity and communicating in a way that we have in our minds, but that's effective for other people mm-hmm. is that we use tremendous amounts of creative checkpoints in order to right the ship when it's wrong. And what I mean by that is we have a concept phase that we go through for the episodes themselves to kind of be like, okay, what concepts are we going to go with? What, what principles are we going to teach? And then we get feedback on that. And then we take it to an outline. And then we get feedback from fresh eyes on that, both from our audience as well as from internal members of the team. And then we write a first draft. And when we read that to a group of fresh ears and they give us feedback, this joke isn't working. This principle isn't coming through clearly. This isn't working. This is, this is great. I love this. And then we adjust from there. And then we go to a second draft and we do that again. And then a third draft and we do that again and a fourth draft and so on. And that's, that's how we're approaching this is that at all critical moments, we are getting people that have a unique perspective on it to give just frank, candid feedback so that mm-hmm. we can identify our blind spots as we go through it. We yeah. do the same thing with the animatic, right? If you have a, an animation, if you have a good animatic, then you should have a good show, right? Assuming that you have competent animators. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. um, that, that's the way it's supposed to work out, right? And so we do the same thing where we have checkpoints where we have different people watch it and give feedback and not hold back at all. Just say, this joke doesn't work for me. This is this is confusing me. This is why, why do you have this in here? I don't really like this character. You need to develop this more. And we make those adjustments as we go along so that at no point can we ever go super far off track before having someone that helps point out, yeah, this might this might not be quite what you think it is. It's, this maybe isn't portraying exactly what you want it to. It's not a perfect process, but boy, it's a whole lot better than creating in a vacuum and yes. trying to do it all yourself and trying and trying to just muscle your way to the end, put it out there, and then have people react at that point and be like, "Well, that wasn't very very great," <laughs> you know? I'm, yeah, um, yeah. It's a it's a very it's a very rigorous iteration process. Yes. But yes, I think absolutely. it's I think it's worth it for for great storytelling. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. You just segued perfectly into what my next episode is going to be about. In the next episode, the special guest is going to be 10 special guests, 10 pitches that I have developed over the past several years from five new pitches, my musical, another book coming out, the other two books that have come out like Cirque du Solitude and Vanishing Ink, and I'm going to be interviewed about the process of iteration, receiving feedback, developing something to a certain level, and then figuring out how to push it to a higher level. And I can't wait to share that episode with you. It might actually, I might have to skip July and go into August, but look forward to seeing that episode. And uh, before we close, Daniel, where would you like people to to come and follow the work you're doing and, and become a part of it? Yeah, TuttleTwins.tv is the website. Okay. Um, it's, it's now, we're no longer accepting investments, but um, you can, I think, click a button there and, and follow along, or you can look mm-hmm. up Tuttle Twins, Tuttle Twins TV show on Facebook, Instagram, those kinds of places as well, and follow Great. along there. And we will put that down in the show notes if you ever want to click the link down there so you don't have to remember it. But thank you a bunch, uh, Daniel, for being on the show. And until next time, I hope that we all get a little wiser. You have been watching the Directing Animation Livecast with Scott Weiser. Audio version edited by Kiera Horowitz. Copyright Scott Weiser, LLC 2020.